Welcome to this first episode on the subject care for textiles. As some of you know, we're on a mission to introduce bacteria into people's everyday lives because it's resource efficient and good for our health in so many aspects. Pure Effect introduced you to a new paradigm of cleaning with bacteria as part of the solution, not only as a problem as we've been taught since way back. Because today we know that future calls for new behaviors and technologies. Therefore, we invite you to join the coming conversations about our microbial world hosted by us, Linda Nordin and Joachim Molander at Pure Effect. We look forward to first-hand discussions with bacteria enthusiasts, biotech professors, microorganism experts and interesting thought leaders within lifestyle and design. In today's episode, we meet Vincent Nierstras, professor in textile material technology at the Swedish School of Textiles at the University of Borås. Vincent has devoted his career to the field of smart and functional textiles. You can imagine coatings, 3D printings and other ways to functionalize materials. So it can be in fact anything, if you ask Vincent. And smart textiles like clothes that monitor your movements or gather health data. And the reason we got introduced to Vincent, like five years ago, was the ITEX project, a research project funded by the Swedish Vinova and led by RISE. The project was aiming to reduce hospital infections through microbial textiles and other textile solutions. And some really interesting deliverables was that we could show that we can change the bacterial flora on hospital workwear and in floor drains. A great example of a field where we can benefit by using bacteria to help us in our everyday lives. So please sit back and enjoy our conversation on care for textiles. Hey Vincent! Great to uh, to be with you, even though it would have been much better to uh, or much more fun to uh, to sit in the same room. It's great that you uh, that you are doing this with us. Um, straight into uh, what we're here for. Tell us a little bit about the way that we wash today and uh, and how it works. It is a combination of of chemistry, including biochemistry, physical technology, which is the mixing. And mass transport phenomena. So, so, so you, you, you put in the textile. We have a lot of mechanical force. So, so the, the load of the textile in your washing machine and the, and the type of textile are related. So if you have nice linen garments or, or viscose, then please don't put seven kilos in it. Because the mechanical forces will be too much for these, for these nice garments. So, so for towels and bed linen, you can have this high load. So you have strong mechanical action on the, on the garment. You have the chemistry that should help to, to remove the dirt. And it is, this can be surfactants, this can be enzymes, this can be bleaching agents. And of course, there is the stabilization of the dirt in the liquid. So you don't have redeposition on the textile. And then, and then you remove this, of course. And modern washing machines are, are relatively advanced, eh? so they, they in fact know about, about the enzymes 
So, so, so if you the, 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 the program, if you say 60 degrees, it does not go directly to 60 degrees. It first runs at lower temperature. So the enzymes can do their job. And then later on, the temperature increases for the, for the other processes like the bleaching. Vincent, these machines sounds uh, sounds that, that they are very effective together with the chemistry and uh, and everything. Uh, are these machines better to wash than uh, than I am myself just doing hand wash? So these machines are in fact rather efficient. In fact, it's very difficult to reach the same efficiency by hand wash. A lot of people think, regardless whether this is garment washing or or, or the dishes that they are more effective themselves. In fact, this is not the case. The case. These machines are very good combined with the chemistry that we apply to this. But if you would put it briefly, what are the consequences of the washing we do in the Western world today? Yeah, well, the first consequence is that your garments become clean. And, and, and yeah, the downside is, of course, that, that there is some, some damage to the garment. You see that by the release of the fibers. And of course, there is the chemistry that you release in the, in the, in the environment. But yeah, there, there are very strong regulations for that in, in, in Western Europe about, about what can be released. So if, if you look at your laundry process, then, then it is, of course, not so much. But if you look at this at a global level, then this becomes, of course, very impressive. And I think that is that is not only the issue of laundry, but but the textile industry as a whole, is is the enormous amount of people in this world that all need garments, and we all need to clean all these garments. And of course, then then the numbers become very big when it comes to chemistry and energy and fibers. Okay, Vincent, you mentioned you mentioned um, the the deterioration of fibers the chemicals and the energy. Uh, what about water? Isn't water a problem as well? When I started to, to become professor in Boros, I, I remember I, I, I went to Brussel and then I gave a speech about, about the problem of, of availability of fresh water in, in the future. And in fact, you see that particularly in, in Northwest Europe, Germany, Britain, Netherlands and Sweden, we are not so aware of this. People typically tend to say, ah, but yeah, Vincent, this is not a problem here. But in fact, uh, there's this very nice graphs from the University of Kassel, where you can, can make visible that, that there is, in fact, a big unbalance in, in water consumption in this part of the world and, and, and new fresh water that comes by, by rain. And you see that for a lot of countries, this becomes more and more problematic. And I think this is also where it becomes interesting to think about, for example, not only different textile processes, but but what can we do on on laundry processes? Okay, Vincent, thanks for walking us through the washing process and the consequences. Let's jump straight into what we do at Pure Effect, bacteria. Vincent, where do you see the largest use for bacteria today when it comes to handling textiles and maybe solving some issues with the resources and washing? Don't underestimate the importance of things that cannot be cleaned properly today. 
And so for that, the use of, of microorganisms is very interesting as well. Mm. You mean by refreshing and just uh, removing odor instead of washing them? Yeah, well, and in fact, in fact, when you speak about all these fine garments that go to the, the dry cleaners, dry cleaning process is not so much cleaning. It's, it's more fresh up. And, and I think you and I also discussed what can you do in a spaceship, what can you do in a spacesuit. All these things cannot be cleaned. The ice hockey garments, shoes, gloves. And, and I think for that you also open up, open up opportunities that were not there with the existing cleaning agents. And so, so I think it is important to make it a bit, a bit wider. And what do you think people do today if you have a, a helmet that is unfreshed and you cannot wash it? I guess people throw it away or because we are too we're too vain to wear it if it smells like really really bad no they store it in the basement and hope for that uh, that someone that they don't like come and visit so we can lend it to them (laughs) (laughs) Uh. i have to come back to the dry cleaning process can you tell us a bit vincent what does it um, what is a dry cleaning process like and what happened to the garment it is in fact the opposite of what you do in a, in a, in a laundry process. So, so most of these things are based on a, on a hydrophobic, on a hydrophobic uh, medium. So, so that means that in a dry cleaning process you remove hydrophobic dirt, but not hydrophilic dirt. So, so uh, let's say things that are a bit fatty like, they, 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 they will be removed to the, to the continuum. But, but all the salts are still there. And that is why you do some freshing up then as well. And then you do the, 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 the pressing so it look, looks nice again. Without, they do the without ironing and they uh, air it and shake it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, yeah, when you buy these nice, these nice expensive wool garments, you have the same problem. In fact, you can only put it outside. And, and, but if you put it in the laundry machine at home, it is, it is often a bit disappointing how it, how it comes from the machine. And it's not just the sensitive textiles that we should take extra care of. Uh, I remember a report from the Swedish Consumer Association telling us that only 7% of an average laundry bag actually needs washing. That's kind of amazing. Vincent, please tell us a little bit about what you do with your team at uh, the te- te- Textilhögskola, the Textile University uh, in Borås, about smart and, and functional textiles. So, so, so in my team, we do a lot on, on functional textiles, and, and it also says smart. But in fact, when, when you make something smart or, or highly functional, then when you go to a conference, one of the first questions that you get is, what about the maintenance? Because, because a lot of these, these highly functional or, or even smart textiles, when, for example, when they contain electrical compounds, there you have combinations of materials that are rather tricky. Yeah, so, so what we try to do in my team is to develop technology that in fact avoids these problems. But I mean, if you have the electricity, if you have electrical cables, regardless they are, whether they are woven in it or, 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 or knitted or braiding or whether you do 3D printing, like what we do in my team, you have the issue of the harsh conditions in the, in the laundry machine. It is, it is the mechanical action. It is also the chemistry. Because, because you, need, you need 
harsh chemicals to remove to remove the dirt. And this, of course, immediately affects the performance of these smart textiles. And often you see that, that there is a big conflict between the demands of the washing process and the smart textiles as such. Mm. I was going to ask you about laundry strategies, because one question is, in the future then, when me and Joachim will wear more smart sweaters and smart trousers and so on, what would be the, the future laundry strategy then, when they are not so easy to wash? Specialized enzymes, of course, but uh, what about microorganisms? <laughs> I said that is that is why we discuss the strategies, what this podcast is about. And, and I don't think it is only microorganisms. I think it is much more. I think you can also do a lot with, with of course, dedicated chemicals and with enzymes. Um, but again, please, if you put it in a standard laundry machine, there, there is, of course, the mechanical action, which is, apart from the chemistry, always a factor to be considered. Is There is a reason that I focus more on functional than on smart. Because the, the, the issues related to smart are, are several. And one, one is the laundry, but it is not only that. It is also the, the size of production. So, of course, since we work on inkjetting, we can adjust the, the amount of materials that you produce to the, to the, to the, to the market demand. Yes? For example, if you, if, you, if you make a smart textiles on today's textile machinery, this is not going to be cost-effective. Because if you go to a textile factory today, they say you need to produce so and so many thousand meters. But the market for these smart textiles is not that big. It is not thousands of, of, of meters. It is earlier about a few hundred meters. And that means you need to go to things like inkjetting or 3D printing. So that is, that is so there are several reasons to focus on these new technologies. One is because of the resource efficiency, water, chemicals and energy. And on the other hand, by introducing new technology, you make it possible for Northwest European industry to make this transition from, from, from standard fabrics to more advanced fabrics. But, but the issues are, are still in the maintenance. This is one. And secondly, in the sizing. So uh, does that mean that we won't wear smart uh, shirts and, and, and trousers and socks in the future? Companies move away from these smart textiles. So if you see Nike and Adidas, they move away from the whole domain because it is too complex. And that is what you see. Adidas and Nike, they make a smart shoe. And so it, the shoe, the, whether your foot are warm or not, then, 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 then the shoelace, they, they, they know what to do. You put the GPS in it and so on. So we know where you are. We know your temperature. And, and this is very interesting because these shoes, they don't go in the laundry process. And you can spray your bacteria in it to clean them. And, and this is much easier. But the issue is, if you are doing, doing cross-country skiing, you have a different shirt than when you're running around in the forest. And are you really going to have five different or six different shirts with all these smart facilities in it? Is it really positive, possible to compete with a garment with this Apple Watch? So what you say, Vincent, is let a shirt be a shirt and let the Apple Watch be an Apple Watch. Yeah, because it becomes too difficult to compete. Okay, smart textile might not happen then. At least it seems to be challenging at this stage. But tell us about 3D printing. Yes, and it can be very simple. 
from from and that's what I like about the technology. So so we can use it in advanced workwear, for example. We can use it in advanced workwear. We can make, for example, a trousers with with knee pads specifically designed for your knee. Well, that is interesting for people who yeah. work in construction, for example. But you can also print a sensor. We actually did this. We have been printing uh, sensors in a, in a brace that catch the EMG signal. And this has a variety of applications. We, we did it together with Hoogskolan with Igevde. And they use it to, to, uh, to study ergonomics from workers at Scania to see how they use their, their, their wrists when they assemble things for truck. But you can also use it to see how they pick things from the in the in the in the in the warehouse, and you can use this in rehabilitation, and like training people that that for example have a problem with their arms or with their with their with their legs and so on. So the applications are enormous. So from very simple things like like customized, let's say this knee protection as I mentioned, to 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 very advanced applications. That's why we like the technology. I think we have big success with it. And if you put it in, in fact, in, 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 in laundry processes, the performance is not so bad as you see with other smart excels. And you can also put things in it. So, so in, in, in the research we did, we, we, we put in, in conductive particles, so it could act as a sensor, catch an EMG signal. But I mean, in theory, you can even put in spores from bacteria. Do we produce any of this uh, 3D printed stuff? Um, I have a right knee that I need a, a, a pad for. But uh, yeah, but that is not what we do at this moment in Sweden. I mean, everything which is large quantity is produced elsewhere. So, so it is. I think it, there is an opportunity to to create for Texas for Texas industry by by developing such novel opportunities. Uh, the, the the conventional way of processing. Is, is not going to be competitive in, 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 in this part of the world. Uh, it must be really like that, that yeah, or, or short, shorter uh, time to production, uh, then, then it makes sense, or specialty products, or, or things like that. Uh, of course, you also will see that, that because of the corona, there will, of course, be changes in, in production. People realize that they should not put all their facilities in one country, but perhaps have also something to produce in, in a, bit, a bit closer, but, but... Can you print me a nice, soft winter hat? No, it is not that soft. I, I, I understand that, but I would in love to see In the future, maybe. It, it is... It is um, so that's why we also invested in, in uh, Volvjet technology, which is, which is in fact a, an, yeah, a technology where it's like inkjetting, but you, you, you don't have this piezoelectric print hat, but you have a Volv a Volv jet, so that means you deposit more material, and and, and then you are a bit in between, because because the, the, the issue with the issue with 3D printing that that we use is is um, you, you you melt something and then you put it on on a, on a textile, so so and because of that it is not the same yeah, fineness and therefore it's not the same flexibility. It is a bit more tough. But I mean, honestly, and that is, I think, the same discussion when we discuss about about replacing laundry, for example, with biotechnological processes like bacteria. Uh, we are comparing something which is completely mature with something that is new. 
and, and regardless whether we speak about, about laundry replacing by bacteria, then you do something new and you compare it with something which is completely engineered. And this is the same, I think, when you speak about 3D printing. The 3D printing is something that is just there. And of course, because it is relatively new, you have limitations. And, and with all the new techno technologies, it is very easy to, to argue why it is not at the same level of advancement as, as at something that has been evolving for, for decades and decades and decades. You see the same with electrical cars. Uh, that people say, yeah, but this is not the same distance I can drive as with my diesel engine. Yes, of course, but most cars don't drive that distance. They just go from Gothenburg's suburb to Gothenburg center. center. And, and then all these, these, these people that, that, that drive around with little vans to repair electrical facilities here and there. In fact, they don't drive so much kilometers every day. So, so it's very useful to have these cars. But of course, they will not compete with the diesel engine today to drive to the Netherlands at once or back. Now, this is something that we are painfully aware of. You know, we can really relate to the struggle and the war uh, and how resilient you have to be when you uh, want to introduce a new technology. Since we're in this paradigm shift um, where people have been afraid of bacteria for so many years, for decades, uh, and that we try to introduce this uh, uh, technology uh, also because you know people need bacteria in their homes. Now, does this make it hopeless, Vincent? You know, trying to introduce new things. No, of course not. And this is, I think, the same with cleaning with bacteria, but also with technologies like 3D printing. It is something new, and 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 it needs time to become mature and to evolve to the same level. And I think that is much more important. I see the same when we speak about supercritical dyeing and supercritical functionalization processes in textiles. Then you also compare something that has been engineered for decades and decades and decades with something new. Because there you also see that the chemistry is still not really there. So we compare something which, with new chemistry with something which is completely mature. And, and, and that is, of course, always a difficult issue. It's so interesting to talk uh, about these things with you, Vincent. Uh, I mean, biotechnology now and in the future gives us different applications and functions like removing certain stains, uh, like fat and proteins and so on. Um, and personally, I think in the future we can talk about using it from a health perspective too, like using specific bacterial floras on our skin and so on for well-being. But it's also tricky since we're in this paradigm shift, we continuously need more scientific proof from specialists like the dermatologists uh, about the use on our bodies. And we have and always will meet some resist resistance, I think, to, to novelties like we did in the ITEX projects, you remember. Um, the old way of doing things and people's fears will play a, a role here. Uh, so what we did in the ITEX project was that we added bacterial culture to hospital textiles, to doctors' clothes and uh, also to hard surfaces to show that beneficial bacteria can keep away pathogenic bacteria, right? So, Vincent, it's like two things here. Uh, what are your views on like bacteria on the skin versus on hard surfaces and textiles? It would be interesting to hear. We used the spores of bacteria that we are no, uh, that are known uh, harmless to people and 
And we use the textiles, in fact, to, to, to introduce these harmless bacteria in an environment so they outcompete pathogenic bacteria. And that is, of course, a, a story which is yeah, not, not, not so tricky as, as changing the, the, the microbiome on your skin. Because if this, if this is, the, the issue is that, that the skin microbiome is not the same for, for, for us. This, this changes from person to person. And it also changes from, from different locations on your body. And, and again, that is why I'm a bit uncertain here. I think it is its most, most interesting part is, I think, to focus on, the, on the, the items where you can actually realize a breakthrough. And, and, and honestly, I believe that, that what we did in the ITEX project is a very challenging one. And, and as you also both remember, the problem was not, in fact, in the technology. It was not in the biotechnology. It is, in fact, in the, 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 the paradigm shift in cleaning, which made it not possible for us to test it in, in, in the hospital. And of course, I, I, I understand this. The person who has to decide in the hospital yeah, has to think about, about the consequences of this paradigm shift. And then, then, of course, they say, well, I have something which is mature, mature technology. It works today. Why change it? And, and so I think it is, it, is, it is very interesting to focus on this path and, and help these people to be convinced that, in fact, changing the cleaning strategy might be relevant. Because in the end, if you have an environment without bacteria, in fact, you always create opportunities for pathogenic. And the other area is, in fact, where I think you can, you can start is the things that we cannot clean, in fact. And like we discussed with the gloves, the shoes, the helmets, the NASA garments, and so on. Because those things, they, they simply smell. <laughs> <laughs> they do. So when I mentioned this yesterday at this meeting, then and, and I, I, I used the word ice hockey, and then, then one of the fathers said, oh, this would make me so happy because my son plays ice hockey, and this is such a disaster when it comes to smell. Yeah, well, I, I know this from my own son, this, 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 all these garments that cannot be cleaned. Let's give him the purefactsweden.com web address and he can find it. Yeah, and I think, I think that, is, that is very interesting because then people start to see that, that these bacteria can, are not a problem but part of the solution. And that is much easier because, because honestly, your marketing budget is not the same as the one from, from Procter Gamble, Unilever and Henkel. That makes it very difficult. To, to change it. People have this habit of cleaning for, for very, very, very long. It is mature, and then you come with a new idea. This is not so easy. So, so if we start with the things where it will make the difference, but again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a company man, I'm, I'm just a silly professor. We know that bacteria can be used on fine garments that are not suited for the washing machine can also benefit from bacteria when it comes to solving older problems in textiles and stuff that can't be washed, like shoes, hockey gloves, bags and such. And from the Artex project, we know that we can use bacteria in our interior 
in order to take away the possibility for uh, potentially harmful bacteria to establish themselves there. I would like to ask you, Vincent, about washing advices on our clothes today, our everyday clothes. If I take a look at mine here, it's a green shirt. It actually says the P, you know, that I should take it to the dry cleaner. Is this modern? What do you think a really good... If I had a modern conscious brand today, how do you think I should design my washing advice? Well, I think it's determined by the fibers. And, and that is, I think, where, where a lot of things go... go sometimes different than, than what is optimal. This is 100% viscose. Yeah, and, and the, the issue is that, that, that you have the people who, who make the fibers and you have the people who do the weaving and the knitting and you have the people who, who work in, 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 the, in the finishing part, which is more my domain. And, and then, then, we, uh, then we show that you can make certain materials with certain properties. But we don't determine, in fact, what ends up in the garments. That is designers and marketeers. But is it, re is it okay for yeah. me to take this to the dry cleaner? Yeah. That sounds crazy for me. Yeah, you should take that to the dry cleaner, in fact, yeah. If it's only viscose, uh, uh, that surprises me a little bit. But the issue is with these viscose garments is that, like silk, they are, they are, they are, yeah, they are sensitive. So if people put it in the laundry machine, then, then, they, then, then often they put in too much. And that is where it goes wrong. So... So people have, have difficulties in, in understanding that they wash with a, with a compact detergent. In fact, the detergents are nowadays so compact that, that you actually have to think about it, about the chemical safety and, and the laymans that actually work with it. When you were a child, then you had these enormous boxes and it is simply because, because it was less concentrated. But this is already difficult for people to understand. So a lot of people start to use too much detergent. Then how many people put the laundry on the balance? <laughs> no. I, I, think, I think I only put it on the balance when I did laundry research for detergent testing. Then I put it on the balance. But, but at home, eh, you don't put it at the balance. I don't even put myself on the balance. I don't... I do, and it's depressing. <laughs> Makes me sad. <laughs> but what yeah. you say, Vincent, that we should use less, of course, less detergents. Right. No, if you if you look if you look in the manual of your of your detergency machine or your laundry machine, then it actually states this. But but who actually reads this this manual? I, I only read it to make fun. And but it actually says that if you have silk, it should not be much much more than so and so kilos. It's, it states it in the manual, but no one reads this. Of course, I understand there's more exotic literature than the manual of your laundry machine, but, but, in, but in fact, when you have this viscose and silk, it must be a small quantity because it's the mechanical action. And so you, 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 the textile goes up and then it falls down. And in fact, that is the same type of action that what you see with this, this lady sitting along the river that, that hits the textile on a stone. And, and in fact, it is this type of action. So you, you, you turn and, and, and hit. And yeah, if you do that with silk, then it's quickly gone. Try it and sit, and sit for your laundry machine once for half an hour and then, then yes. look at it. It is a bit boring, but it is, it is actually 
yeah, educational, I think. The guide that you mentioned, Vincent, should actually say, avoid washing. We're launching a new detergent where we say, skip washing. Don't buy this laundry detergent. You should mist it instead. Because <laughs> that's what we believe in. Less washing. So I think it is, it's better to be pragmatic and to make people learn that bacteria are, are not dangerous. And in fact, in the corona crisis, you already see this. Because people recommend with all this washing, and you specifically see this with this, uh, this, this, this gel that contains alcohol. In fact, it's not only that you, that you hinder these viruses, you hinder much more things. And, and since we wash our hands so often, including that with the alcohol gel, it is much more important that we take care of our hands. And then people refer to the microbiome. And in fact, I think that is already where we start to, to win. We start, people become aware that bacteria are not dead, but have positive aspects for us. And I think that is, that is where it all starts. And that's also why I, I, I often say, well, let's, let's start with the sporting goods, because people see that it smells, and then they, they realize, oh, yeah, this, this helps, the smell is gone, and it was not dangerous. And, that, and then the ball starts to roll. Hmm. I must ask you about low temperature, because we have this discussion at home. I say low temperature, like 30 degrees all the time, or 40 maybe, but there are some people telling me otherwise. Kids. Telling me different. No, my husband. I think he would prefer like 60, 75 or 90 degrees and everything. So it's kind of a power play. I think you're both right. So first of all, first of all, you, you will see that, that if you use a conventional laundry machine, it is good to run it once in a while on, on higher temperature to clean the machine. And, and so, yeah, it is for the machine. Because, because you will see that in this, this surfactant grease there will be other bacteria living on it. And, and people who always run on low temperature, they will have this problem. Thank you, Vincent. Happy that you join our uh, crazy ideas and see where this takes us. Yeah, let's see where it brings us. So thank you for joining us during this conversation and perhaps future ones too in social media, on our website and in real life all the time, of course. Because that's what change is all about, isn't it? Just keeping up the conversations. You find us on Instagram for more inspiration and tips on the future of less washing and the microbial world that we live in. Also head over to our website and sign up to our newsletter for some VIP deals and new releases this coming season. It's pureffectsweden.com. See you!
This podcast is brought to you by With Hoof.